say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? She just goes a little mad sometimes. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets punctured? Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. If you hang up on me, you'll die just like your mother. Do you want to die, Sydney? Hi. I'm to Snake by Horrorcast. I'm your host, Mark Goddard. And as always, I'm joined by Nile Bitlock. Hello. And Marcus Wallace. Good day, or evening, depending on where you are. I don't know, and it's in this kind of weird twilight of light and dark in my uh, in my new recording kitchen. Ooh. Yeah, but they could be listening at any time. They could be. We're everywhere. In that, case, in that case, they could fuck be naked. you. That's right. It could be a hundred like, years in the future where fuck you actually means something really nice. Mm. Could be, could be. You know, they could be naked in a bath. And Marcus could be using his binoculars to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a story behind that. Yeah, you regret sharing that with me earlier. <laughs> yeah. Excuse right. me. So my dad was looking through the sheds earlier, and uh, he's going through some like some stuff. Basically, we're like, oh yep, we've got all these bits and pieces hidden in there, trying to clear it up a bit. And there's a load of boxes from my childhood, and he was like, oh, I think these are some multi tools for uh, that are yours. And he wanted me to look through them. Turns out some were his fishing ones. <laughs> Wait a minute. And... Can I stop you? Can I stop you there for a bit? Are these multi tools from your childhood? <laughs> I used to collect Swiss knives, okay? Okay. Right, so they actually were body tools from your childhood. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, anyway, so this well, one packet wasn't actually a Swiss knife. It was a pair of binoculars, which I honestly don't remember how I got them. I think they were given to me, but I do remember being on the, the top of Spinnaker Tower in Portsmouth as a kid, and I was using these to look out. And I was glad I brought them because I didn't want to pay the pound coin to look through the binoculars that were up there. So yeah, that was, is extortion. It, well, whatever the cost was, I don't really know. I assume it was a pound. Everything's a pound, you know. Uh, but yeah, no, I've I've got them. Checked them. They seem to work okay. Uh, yeah, they're in good condition as well. So there you go. Uh, watch out, ladies. Got got binoculars now. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> oh, I mean, there's a lot of girls in the world. It's very unlikely that it'll be you, listener. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all gonna say I wouldn't know now because um, I don't go looking for them. Am I saying this right? Am I thinking myself? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say. You do have a girlfriend still, right, Mark? Uh, yeah, somehow. No anymore after this today's podcast. I tell you what, the, the reason why Niall uh, was getting so hooked up on this was because he has a pair of binoculars himself. Yeah, in his car. Yeah, mobile money. <laughs> <laughs> See, mine at least in a shed, and they're from my childhood. <laughs> no one has ever felt safe after hearing the sentence, mine's in my shed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the equivalent of saying, smell this, it smells like chloroform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an old one. Oh, dear. An oldie but a goodie. Good enough to knock <laughs> you out. <laughs> Anyway, right. Yeah, what are we have for? <laughs> this is getting way too. Yeah. Okay, so this week, two completely different movies, um, both Shudder movies. Um, we've got the 2017 film Bells Above and the 2018 movie The Witch in the Window. Um, let's start with Bells Above this time, guys. Um, so this one, 
stars Tobin Bell, who we know from the Saw movies. He is Jigsaw. Um, and has weird tattoos and a really dodgy beard. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so this one is um, based around a detective, Detective Ritter, who um, basically loses his baby son as a woman brutally murders every single child, baby in a baby ward. Um, five years later, another case very similar um, pops up in a nursery where the whole nursery is shot up by a teenage boy who end up, ends up putting a shotgun to his head. Basically, then a paranormal uh, investigation team comes along, and they reckon it is something to do with a supernatural force, or this Beelzebub, um, which we find out later on is um, the demon that does it. So the detective joins up with this paranormal activity um, group of detectives, and it's basically their story of trying to find out what's really happened in these cases, what it's connected to, and who this random Tobin Bell priest guy is. And you basically just find out it's, a bit, it's about the um, third coming of Jesus, because the second coming has apparently already happened. This is the third coming of Jesus, um, and Beelzebub's trying to basically kill the child before it becomes the Messiah. Um, got it pretty much dead on on that one, guys? Do you want to add anything onto that? Yeah, it gets proper Jesus to see halfway through. Mm. Yeah. And they, halfway through, and they start using up all their budget about halfway through. They go, ah, fuck, run out of money. Yeah, yeah <laughs> literally, the CGI as well. They started off with quite nice, and then the blood, it was 2D blood splatters. <laughs> yeah. No. I have not seen that since the last time I had to review a, uh, what's his name? Vinnie Jones movie. Where every oh, single gunshot yeah. was like a, like it was done in paint. It's awful. <laughs> um, so I started with Marcus last time, so I'm going to start with you, Manala, this time. Um, what do you think of this one? Has anybody played the game Heavy Rain? I have. It's a very good game. Okay, you know when all the characters have been introduced and then you get the sort of FBI man who mm. is really out of place with all the other characters? Hmm. Do we, really... do, we do, do we do spoilers for this game, or do we should not should we not ruin the ending? Yeah, we don't need to ruin the ending. No, good, good. Yeah, um, but yeah, it really reminded me of that game. Like all the mm. different characters have nothing to do with each other. The weird FBI man's still in it and has a magic pair of glasses, which he had in the game. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> they all get together to solve a mystery. It's really weird. I was like, this is exactly the same, but with like, Jesus in it. <laughs> it's a Mexican Scooby-Doo. Yeah, it was just really good. But yeah, the the first half is uh, creepy and it is quite creepy, actually. The whole sort of being possessed thing, because they don't know mm. who who is going to be possessed. And, and then... Yeah, because you don't really expect it to be written at the end. Yeah, that was a bit of a term, wasn't it? Hmm. Got a bit violent near the end there. Very. Got very um, very strangly. Yeah. I don't think they really knew where they were going near the end. You kind of lost it midway, I reckon. It was very sloppy near the end. Mm. I think you're right with the running out of money thing. Because um, it, kind of, it kind of went... It had the big, you know, stone Jesus on the cross with the devil with bells above talking out of him, which is a really good scene. That it looked really, really good. good. Yeah. But then... Feels slightly out of place in this kind of movie, which then looks like they went. I oh, spent all this money on that, 
And then, like Marcus said, you've got the two D you know, blood splatters on the screen, yeah. which kind of ruins it slightly. I think that was the turning point where it became a sort of paranormal investigation film and became mm. a Jesusy cult exorcism film. Mm. And I liked the creepy better. I liked the first half, which I say a lot on this podcast. Is it just a thing that horror films just can't do a second half of the film well? A lot of people struggle nowadays. Uh, I think was it Insidious? I think I said it last podcast. Um, they ruin it halfway through as well. It's like mm-hmm. they kind of they just got to get maybe what two writers. Let's have a look. I sometimes think it's because they've got two writers. Sometimes one's kind of it's like if me and Marcus tried to write a movie together. <laughs> I personally think it's because. You have a build-up in a horror film, which is suspense, and mm. you don't see who the baddie is. And the mm. second half of the film is always showing the baddie. And when you've seen mm. the baddie, it doesn't really... It's not scary anymore. Mm. I think that's what it is. Where you've no, got films like The Blair Witch, which are all suspense. Mm. But that was creepy all the way through. Yeah. Well, Blair Witch, you, you kind of don't know really who it is yeah still and that's why we had that you know kind of big long discussion about you know who could it have been this one you know it's definitely going to be this demon wherever it is who keep even though some human characters chasing after them randomly flicks into having to use the prop because they use too much money on it yeah but i think my like do you reckon it's better to just have a full-on suspense film Mm. and get sort of the piss taken out of you because you haven't had a reveal or I'd have a that. reveal and have a shit last half of a film. I'd rather you have the suspense, personally. I, I mean, would as well. But a lot of people, like, you you know you get the Blair Witch and you get people who say, oh, I was just boring yeah. all the way through. Yeah, Blair Witch was good. And I think we all agreed that yeah. we really like that one. But suspense is good. I like an unanswered uh, ending. It makes your, makes your spine tingle. I mean, personally, the first half of this film... And I said this to you on WhatsApp. I had to turn it off in the first couple of minutes because that opening scene I just thought was messed up. <laughs> yeah, it was and a I, baby killing. <laughs> and I, and I, I watched them. I watched them stuff, and even and that bothered me. <laughs> but even if you go further on, you got the scene with the uh, the cleaner in the swimming pool, which just jumps in the swimming pool with the oh, with the um, car batteries. Yeah, amazing it's, scene. Uh, it's weird. I'd rather you... be like that. You don't actually see anyone die. No. But it's still really violent. Mm. That's quite well done. Mm. And then, like you said, it seems to drop about midway once it starts coming a bit more Jesus-y. Yeah. How about you, Marcus? What are your thoughts on this one? I just want to start off, first of all, I think you explained the film really well to begin with. Like Normally we Thank all you. seem to have a struggle explaining stuff, but you really nailed that one, I think, so... <laughs> Yeah, nails. That's, yeah, that was a pun about the cross, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll <laughs> <know that. laughs> so I'm just really trying to um, hit the nail on the head here. I don't get it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, um, I actually really enjoyed this film. I feel like uh, even though it was quite long, it was two hours, for me, uh, that did go quite quickly, which is a sign of uh, a good film for me. One sign, anyway. Uh but yeah, no, like they did do the first half really well. There was a lot of suspense uh, building up of well, what could it be like. It, it, well, it was more if you had an idea of what it could be, but you didn't know what turn they were going to take. 
you didn't know if they were going to go one route of, oh, it was actually the priest who's like some fucking possessed demon god, or you didn't know if there's going to be another power at play. Um, I was originally, uh, throughout the film, thinking, are they, like, they're making it too obvious that it's the priest? Like, there's going to be some sort of spin-off? Yeah. It was, they really pushed that in your face, and I thought, it's going to be a shit film if they make him the actual evildoer. And it turned out he was actually, um, the, well, the good guy. Although the bit that I really liked was they built it up so much, trying to rub it in your face, and then when they do do the switch, you think, oh, yeah, he is the good guy. And then they try and switch it back again at yeah. the end, and you think, hang yeah. on a minute, what? He is actually bad? Because you think he's going to kill the kid, but no, he does actually just get some of the blood from his hands to, you know, do this ritual thing at the end. Mm. I do like... And put it in a rock. Exactly, yeah. I do like the, uh, the sort of, well, the story when it comes to stuff like that, although... I feel like they did kind of... Uh, I don't think they quite knew how to end it. Uh, well, I think they had an idea in their head how to end it, but it almost felt rushed, even though it was quite long. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think the problem is mm. when you start doing what they're doing as well, it starts to get a bit cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that made it feel rushed was they all seemed to know exactly where the exit was, even though they'd never been in those tunnels before, <laughs> as soon yeah. as they were in danger. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, if I run this way and go where these wooden bits are, boom, I'm going to find the like the exit. And they all found the same one as well, which I thought was a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't really... It's very non-explained. For a two-hour film, it does drag. I feel like this film could have been done better as possibly a uh, like a short series and they'd gone into more detailed with uh, some points and like really got a proper story going mm. no i agree with that Give it like a five-part netflix special or something yeah it's filmed a bit like a netflix special mm. i'd binge that as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean overall i mean it wasn't a bad film even though it does drop it won't get unbinnable from me, but it's. Well, you know, what did I do you think. I did think Tobin Tobin Bell was really miscast in this. I think somebody else in his role it, it wouldn't annoy me so much. I think I know him so much from stuff like Saw. All I picture now is him as Jigsaw, even with the same voice. It's just a, you know, it's more more me than anything. But it doesn't really suit him in this role. He's been in other roles before, which would be much better. It's like he's kind of gone, I'll take a paycheck. and Yeah. But his, otherwise, uh, I mean... His voice makes my throat hurt. He's very gravelly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just spits him halfway through to go, time to play a game. Yeah. But, yeah. I um I wonder whether he was in this film, because he's, he's not in the first half, like, at all. Mm. You see a picture of him. Mm. But I wonder whether he was only in the last half of the film for a bit because of money issues. Maybe. Now that money, now that Marcus has brought up the 2D blood, I'm, I'm wondering. Well, he's quite a big name. If you look at all the other actors in yeah. this, not many of them are big names. And he is huge off of uh, like stuff like Saw. He's a huge horror icon, really. Yeah. Considering how many films are in that series. Fucking hell. Um, but... I don't know. Something's got something went wrong with this film, and it's a shame because it started off so so well. Any any particular thing scenes you 
liked the most? What, what was your favourite scene out of this, guys? I really liked the Jesus on the cross scene, actually. It was weird, because that was the turning point to the mm. half of the film I didn't like so much. But it had such a good, like, creepy dialogue to it. Yeah. And it it did look really cool. Like, he's all falling to bits, because he's obviously, like, um, porcelain. Ceramic. A little bit like uh, Ultron in Age of Ultron. Yeah, it did look a lot like that, actually. Mm. Yeah, very similar. Like, like, a, like a video uh, game cutscene. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Marcus? Uh, I'm not too sure, actually. There's, I kind of like the... Um... Okay, it's not very like a an action-y sort of scene or anything, but I kind of like mm. the ending part where uh, the... Um... Forensics guy becomes a, a like a father in the end because mm. he speaks about it before saying that he wanted to like that's something that he was trying to do and then when Ritter was like oh like why didn't you he was like oh well my skill set um well my abilities were be- better elsewhere and I assume he meant mm. the forensics team and uh, then he actually done it in the end I f- I feel like I don't know it was just nice to like they didn't really rub it in it was just simply this is what he is now and then it's like for me, I was like, oh yeah, I remember he made the comment back then. Mm. And the end is sort of linked okay. quite nicely, although he did <laughs> do you not know who um, you know uh, Lilo and Stitch you've got the, the two aliens that are like after, like they're trying to help Stitch out, like the big guy who like wears a Hawaiian mm. shirt and wants mm. the barbecue thing and the small one. Yeah. Rissa looks like that big guy in the end when he like shaved his head and all that, or was driving the jeep. <laughs> yeah, puts on a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Why he had to shave his head off and uh, well, he had blood away, everywhere. So... He did just stab his uh, co-cop to death. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Shall I ask the question? Yeah, do it. Cool. Right. Now, keep it up in it. I am going to keep it. Okay. So there. Yeah, <laughs> Marcus, you're going to keep it up in it. Yeah, that's right. Quite liked it. Um, the, I I don't quite understand the concept behind the the two D blood splatters. I'd be interested to know the the thought process when doing that. Whether it was just mm. simply a budget issue or if they actually had a reasoning for it. Um, but yeah, no, I liked it. Okay, um, I'll keep it. Um, it's okay. I've I've kept worse movies. <laughs> So yeah, no, I, I I thought it was alright. It's it drops about midway, but a lot of horror films do. So yeah, I can't really kind of you know knock it for that really. But here's a couple of things that other people have said over on IMBD, IMDb. Um, you got a, this movie sounded interesting, but stay away. It was really boring and not scary at all. I don't know. I think it's a bit creepy at times. I don't think it's boring. No, it's dark. I think what they mean by when they say boring, they mean it's got subtitles. Ah, <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> I like subtitles. I don't know why people don't like subtitles. I actually really liked the Spanish and English sort of integration in this film. Because mm. yeah, you've actually got characters who don't actually understand what the other characters are saying a lot of the time. <laughs> mm. Which is good. Yeah, like the mm. the scene when they're in the cafe and they're just mm. the Spanish guys are talking and the English guys are like, uh, "Are you gonna help me? <laughs> like, are you insulting me?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and somebody else said, tons of potential lead actor destroyed what could have been a very good film, which is a bit... She was the lead actor, I would say. That'd be the guy who played Ritter. I think yeah. he did really well. I thought he was good. Mm. There you go. Um, okay, so as, a, as our new feature, do we do every single podcast now? Now, what have you been watching? Not done much this week, but I did see an amazing film, which I've wanted to watch for a long time, but they've only just put it on Netflix. Mm. Um, I just watched uh, No Country for Old Men. I still haven't seen that. Oh, it's so good. I've heard really good things. It's supposed to be, yeah. a, it's supposed to be a good classic. It's well action-y. The baddie in it is just insane. Like, literally. He's just brilliant. I think he got... Um, he did a James Bond film after this, and I'm pretty sure he got that off the back of this, because he plays like a more sinister version of the James Bond villain in this. Mm. Okay. So good. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Um, but that's about all I've watched this week. It's been a slow week, other than horror films. Okay. It's a strange one. You know me when we're quite watching quite a bit. Yeah, I've been slacking. I've been playing a lot of games this week, that's why. I've been getting back into Command and Conquer, which I haven't played since like Is that the early two thousands. When they're re released. Um, I haven't been playing the re-release ones. I've been playing Red Alert and Tiberian War. Oh, yeah, Tiberian Wars. Tiberian Sun. Uh, it wasn't Tiberian Sun. I think that's a DLC for it. Though. I can't remember. There's so many of them. Yeah, I love Red Alert. Red Alert's one, one back in the day. It, I, I forgot how good the little and cheesy the little clips are. They are pretty <laughs> Like They're so cringe. Like I, I hover over the escape button and then watch it all. I'm like, yeah. Did you get some big names at some point? Yeah. Yeah. There's really famous people in there. The uh, In Tiberian Wars, the um, guy who does the voice for Sam Fisher is in it. Okay. We talked about him earlier. We did. Yeah. Mr. Ironside. More gamesters. Oh. Uh, Command and Conquer. Conquer. Yeah. Never played it myself. You're too young for your games, mate. Too young? What? <laughs> it's too an young. RTS. That's what it is. Yeah. Real time strategy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you, Marcus? What have you been watching on the uh, on the TV recently? I have been watching. Um, I'm going to butcher the name here. The Exorcist. Is that how you pronounce it? It's a... Exorcist. Uh, that's the one. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> the TV, oh, the, the TV show. Nope. The uh, the the movie. I'm pretty sure. I feel like we've done it on the podcast, but I think we. I don't know. Have no, we? I've never no, seen no, it. We haven't. I, I know what ha- I've basically seen enough clips from it to probably say that I have actually seen it. I know but that I, her mother sucks cocks in hell. I've seen that bit and the puke bit. Yeah, no, yeah. it's um, it's actually a really good film, uh, cult classic. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, no, it's um, yeah, it's good. Uh, the child actor, she's really really good in this. Like, I I don't quite know how they managed to get her to play her role so well, but yeah, no, if you lot haven't seen it. Uh, definitely go check it out. It's... Actually, oh. Mark, I think you saw. Uh, unfortunately, I have seen it. The uh, documentary on uh, Shudder. Did you yeah. watch the watch, one? Watch, watch half of it. And I, they watched, basically... uh, I was watching more on the Omen, but yeah, it's a very cursed set. Yeah, well, they basically treated that girl like absolute shit. That's why she oh. looks like she's like such a good actor. Because when mm. she looks like she's in pain, she probably actually was. <laughs> oh, shit. It's like with. Um... It's like with The Shining, isn't it? The girl who plays um, his wife. Yeah. 
the the whole acting. Yeah, that way did, did, did he made her do it like thirty times or something. Mm-hmm. He was an asshole. <laughs> he was. What was that? Yeah. Just so she would feel fear from it. Yeah, to kind of get the best out of the role. The trouble is, she's terrible in that film, so he didn't do a very good job. It was probably because yeah. she was fucking terrified. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> she was very over the top about everything. Like, oh no, what is he doing? It's like, oh fuck yeah. off. <laughs> Take oh, such kids, a bad film, leave. The Shining. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to go into it because I don't want to upset a lot of people. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> uh, we never cared this far. <laughs> Brown star. It gets a shit star, not a gold one. Ooh. No, I'd, I'd, I'd give it a brown star. I'd give it a silver star. You know, a bit of a shining armor mm. on it. Oh. Try and protect its wounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I watched an interesting one. It was uh, behind you. It's over on Amazon Prime. Um, spooky. Kind of one about two sisters who move into their estranged uh, aunt's house. Um, basically, there's a, there's a ghost that lives in the mirrors, or a demon that lives in the mirrors. Oh, I don't um, like mirror ghosts. And you find out that um, the aunt, uh, aunt's sister, or their other aunt, when she was a child, was uh, taken by this demon, and they had to um, basically kill the girl so that the demon didn't escape and go to somebody else. So years later, Yard's been in prison. Uh, she's back out. She's having to look after these two girls because their mum dies. Um, and as an idiot, the younger girl ends up releasing the demon. It goes into her. It's very kind of like possession-y kind of thing. It's a very good film. Very good film. Um, definitely recommend. Acting's not great, but um, it's one of these you know, cheap, cheaply made kind of ones they put on Prime. But no, definitely worth a definitely worth a. A shot. But you know what? Do you know what it is today on, on day of recording, boys? It's um International Sex Day. Is so it? obviously, I'm going to have to give you some hilarious and pretty weird news stories from the papers. So, <laughs> well, Marcus is going to have to crack his binoculars out and get out there straight away. I've already got my go. hands ready. <laughs> so uh, my first, uh, I like headlines. I'll pretty much just do the headlines and try and explain little bits of it. The first headline is Man with shoe fetish stole 126 flip-flops to have sex with them. I don't know how you'd carry that many flip-flops. We've all been there though, haven't we? (laughs) No, we haven't, Marcus. Explain the story. (laughs) I suppose if you're going to have sex with a shoe, I suppose it better be a strappy one again. What am I saying? (laughs) You need a lot of lubricant as well. Could you imagine a friction on some like rubber sandals? (laughs) Ew. <laughs> Maybe that's what does it for him. I'd get to give him those uh, insulated inner soles, wouldn't you? Yeah. What's what? that? <laughs> <laughs> a good pair it's of fact, props. <laughs> good pair of props has holes already. Yeah, but they're too small. To... Anyway. Um, <laughs> so a line, a line from the news article goes that he allegedly told officers that after several hours of wearing the flip-flops, he cuddled and kissed them, stripping off and rubbing them all over his body before having sex with them. Wearing the flip-flops? Well, all of them at the same time? No, no, no. I suppose he picks and chooses, I suppose. Like some sort of crazy flip-flop monster. <laughs> it seems a bit forceful to me. Like, you don't just take someone out on a night out. You don't, you know, use them for a few hours, then start kissing them and having sex with them. That's a, you know, you'd want to yeah. buy them a drink first. 
You watch them through their windows for a bit and with then binoculars. Make you move. Yeah, you scope out um, when their eating schedule is, so you catch them just a, a, a ten minutes. Sorry, I yeah. muted myself then. Ten minutes just before they <laughs> eat dinner. Because then think that, that way. I the government are stepping in. The main point of this, um, of, the, of the story, though, guys, is he stole these slip flops. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's, that's bad. Stealing. Don't do it. Yes. <laughs> but no, it's you know, If you interrupt someone just before dinner, then they're mm. going to feel hungry. So they'll feel more obliged to say yes to you to go out for dinner. <laughs> then if you ask them just after eating dinner, they're not going to go out. They've already eaten. Tactics. That's what the binoculars this is are for. Really weird. Scope out when they eat. <laughs> yeah. I don't ever my actually second... do that. I just want to clarify that. <laughs> so my uh, my second two my next two uh, headlines are kind of the same. First one is man with dead fish up his ass says he accidentally sat on it. That classic. But then there's also got a guy. Doctors remove mobile phone charger from man's bladder. The worst part is this is the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that's a, that was an extremely long long evening. <laughs> um, what's it got on here? Another headline: Mum drinks sperm smoothies to fight off coronavirus. See, I've heard people uh, consuming sperm to fight off a lot of things before. Like, why do people seem to think that's going to be good? I've well. just been spreading that rumor, just in case. Oh damn, that explains a lot. <laughs> I gargled this, darling. <laughs> <coughs> that does actually um, remind me of another story, Mark. Sorry, uh, to do with sperm. <laughs> Why does that remind you of another story? <laughs> I'm so worried. Uh, one time at bank camp. <laughs> <laughs> one time in bank camp. <laughs> no, basically, uh, a few years ago, <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I had a story about this little girl who I, I don't know how she acquired the semen. That's the one thing that remains a mystery to me. Uh, but she what? made <laughs> Marcus. So she made semen-filled <laughs> cupcakes and gave them away to her bullies. Um, <laughs> That's quite funny. She didn't tell them that they were semen-filled, but she wanted to... But how? Uh, yeah, I, I don't understand it. I didn't read fully, fully into it. I read the headline, read the first little paragraph, and was like, what the fuck? And went and told everyone about it, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, dear. <laughs> Sorry, and my final one, and my final, my, my final story. <laughs> it's not sex related this time, boys. Don't worry. Oh, but uh, apparently, Noel Edmonds, um, star of nineties television over here in the UK, launches a radio station for plants. I don't really understand that. I read it, and I still don't really understand that. Well, see, he likes plants. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Why'd you make this show? Yeah, he plays music to them. <laughs> <laughs> he plays music to them. Have sex with them, I assume. I don't know. Got green fingers, I don't know. But yeah, dirty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fondle with your petals. <laughs> um, and that is this week's news roundup. <laughs> Show me photosynthesis. Show me photosynthesis. <laughs> like he's shaking the pile up and down at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Let me rub your stems. Oh, God. It's our second movie. <laughs> 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 Are you asexual too? <laughs> Can my mate Blobby join in? Oh, I too spread my seeds to grow more. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Blobby Blob! Anyway, so our next film. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, next film. <laughs> Which of the window? It's great. Um, yeah, there you go. 
There's right, a joke so... about rubbing a dock leaf on yourself somewhere. <laughs> like, I can't quite, I can't make all the pieces fit. Oh, I think it's meant to stop some sort of rash, uh, isn't it? Don't know where you get the rash from. <laughs> that, but... That's all right because yeah. uh, no elephants can make all the bits fit. We'll discuss that. Go listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fawns and all. So, which in a window? Yep. All right, should we start with this one? <laughs> I think this is going a bit out of hand, damn it. <clears throat> right. Our second film of the podcast is The Witch in the Window. It is once over on Shudder in the UK. I'm not sure if it's over in Shudder in American Shudder, but yeah. We're in the UK, so it doesn't really matter. So this one is about a man who is doing up a house. He says to flip the house. He's really trying to do it up to try and win his wife back. Um, he takes his son up to the house um, in the middle of nowhere to try and fix the house up because the son's uh, behaviour has been a bit, you know, dodgy. Uh, we find out later on that the son's seeing violent images on the TV and, you know, his mum gets a bit, a bit funny because she's very religious and very... He watched very the beheading on the interweb. He did, he did. We've all been there. That was a nice um, video. I reckon so. I reckon yeah. so. Um, so basically, they are doing up this house together. It's a nice, in a way, a nice story about a father and son bonding. Um, where the father hasn't really been there, so I mean, their relationship growing is quite quite a nice little little bit of the film. Not really horror based, but you know, it's nice. But anyway, they build up the house. But they've um, I told a story about a woman who's living in the house. Um, she sits at the window and she stares out and that's where she was found dead. The more that they build up the house, the more that she comes comes out and she wants them to stay so she can then leave the house and her spirit can go and live on. In a way, just trying to trick the father into kind of giving up his life so she can then go and have hers. I think that's pretty much the story, really. Um, yeah. There's not much to it. It's a very short film. It's an hour and 20 minutes. It's more of a story about a father and his son bonding with a spooky lady who he lets go and live the rest of her life. Marcus, I choose you this dog. Um, what do you think this one? Oh, like a little Pokemon. I choose you. Uh, yeah, I did sound like that. <laughs> I, uh, I choose you. Marcus Martin. I actually love this film. I think it was amazing. It was short and sweet. The, the concept behind it was simple to understand. There was no like, oh, sudden twist and turns. Like The only the only slight twist, which was a nice one, was the fact that the woman got to leave at the end. Because mm. I was dreading that they were going to basically make it a, oh, it's like a soul-sucking house and she's going to keep everyone there. And it's like, nope, she just simply wants to be like, look, I can't leave unless you stay, so you stay and I'll go. Toodaloodle, bitch. And he was like, sure thing, why not, buddy? And then that was it. Uh, but the, the scenes with him bonding with his kid were quite nice. Uh, the kid was so, shown as such a little shit that would like be such a rebellious fuck. But anyway, the dad had like the perfect... But it seemed, but it seemed more like his dad, though. They seemed quite yeah. similar in the way. Exactly. He said his dad seemed to know the correct responses to say to him. Uh, he explains to the kid that parents do lie all the time and that that no one's perfect, the world is quite dangerous, and they're not technically safe from anyone. You know, he, he gives the... He basically lays the shit on the plate for him. He's like, look, this is the reality of life. Fucking deal with it, mate. And this kid seems to be doing pretty well. The one scene that really sort of like spooked me a little bit was um he put the kid on the bus to go home once they'd yep. seen the woman the night before. And I thought, oh, fair enough, the kid's gone home. And then the kid's shown there. Because I originally thought, oh, the kid's going to get off the bus and sneak back. And then when it actually happened, I thought, oh, shit, I was right. 
And then he gets a phone call from the mum saying, oh yeah, the kid's back. That's and a creepy he, scene. And he's sitting next to the kid who looks yeah. angry that he answered the phone and is like, like sitting down because he's like, don't answer it. And uh, then he speaks to the kid. And then the kid that's next to him is just looking at him now with like a very plain expression. And the guy naturally gets freaked out. And I was thinking, I was actually getting shivers at this time. I was thinking, oh yeah, god, oh god, same. oh god, what's going to happen? And it turns into the old lady like straight away chasing him out the house. And I was like, fuck it out. And I like, love the dad's face when he's on the phone and he's like, uh, can you put him on? And then he talks to the kid and the kid's still sitting next to him. And yeah. he still just manages to have the conversation without freaking out. But you can tell, like, oh, the acting in it's so good. But yeah, that was creepy as fuck. And the ending scene as well, where um, his face just looked drained. Uh, sorry, ending yeah. scene, the window scene, is what I meant. Where um, the neighbour mm. sees him in the window, and he's like, oh god, like he realises what's happening. And he just looks so ill. <laughs> like, fuck, yeah. fuck. <laughs> Oh shit, here we go again. <laughs> but yeah. What about you, Mark? We'll switch it up a bit. No, I'll be the last one. Boop, boop. Oh, sorry, now. <laughs> big old fuck you, really, wasn't it? <laughs> well, that's me. <laughs> <It's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was alright. It's very, very slow burn. It's it does drag at some point, even though it's so short. But it's subtly done, and that's nice to see. You don't get many of them kind of movies anymore. Um, I thought the scenes with him this summer were brilliant. I think the mother was a bit of a shit actress. <laughs> I'm glad she wasn't in it much. Um, but the boy was really good, and the, and and the dad was really good. And I just like the whole subtlety of it. It's not megly megly haunted house. And it could have gone really kind of deep horror haunted house kind of style, like you know the ring or something. Like that. But unlike the ring, this doesn't drag on. <laughs> No, I really liked it. I think the acting was okay. I think the design of the witch in the window was good. I would just like to see more of her. Um, but yeah, we'll let you know. I really liked it. It was really good. Um, you'd see loads of her in the background. She's always in it. Like the first time you see the house, she's in the yeah, window. Yeah, that, I must admit, that is it's very good. Uh, well done. That you can see kind of. It's very haunting in uh, The Haunting of Hill House, if anybody's seen that on Netflix. It's uh, that's mm. got ghosts in the background all the time, and like you have to go back and see some of it because mm. they're like under chairs and all sorts of shit. But yeah, the acting's really good. The creepy bits fucking were creepy as shit. Yeah, just wondering what was going to happen when he got off that phone was that shit was intense. But like, I think they acted like people would act because like when the lights went out and they could hear the like footsteps upstairs, they were like. Okay, let's go for a pizza. Uh, maybe outside. <laughs> <laughs> like, not. And when they it. see her in the chair for the first time, that was brilliant. When he sees her at the top of the stairs, and he's like, "Dad," and then sort of stares at her, so he comes upstairs. That mm. was brilliant. Like, it's just really good. Like, everything's really good. Even like the set was. Yeah, I just really liked it. Really good. It's nice that it wasn't just your, your typical kind of ghosty one. It's, it is more that she wants him to stay. Yeah. And he does get, and he ends up getting to stay with his family. So, you know, I do feel a bit a sorry end. for him, really, because he, he did have the choice. But then he was, after he got off the phone with her and realised that she wasn't going to come back and mm. 
everything he'd done was pointless. He just, uh, yeah. Mm. Poor bloke. Especially, and especially as you see him gain that relationship with yeah. his son as well. It feels like, you know, fruitless. It's, yeah, it makes it's, me it's, wonder it's, it's if sad. he uh, he didn't die from just a plain old heart attack and if he actually dies from a heartbreak. Maybe. Maybe that's why she died as well, because her family got killed with the rotary thing. Oh, that'd actually be... A, I, mm. I doubt that is the correct thing, but that would be a really uh, nice twist. I reckon it, it is, because she's not actually evil, which I think is a quite original twist on this, because mm. the woman yeah. ghost doesn't actually seem to be... Because I, I like the way the film actually tricks you into thinking that she wants them to leave the house. It's the, yeah, other, way it's around, the other way around, even though she sort yeah. of starts acting up. It looks like she acts up because the boiler comes on when they say that they're going to stay. But actually, that's her mm. turning everything on so they stay. Because it's the heart of the house. Yeah. Which is what they but at say. the time, you're like, oh, mm. she's going to start kicking up fuss now because she wants them to go. But I thought that was really clever. That was a really clever twist. No, especially when the kid brings it up. Because like, I'm not going to lie, when I was f- uh, watching this, when she uh, first scared them out, being like shouting, stay... I didn't really yeah. think anything of the word stay, and I thought, oh shit, she's trying to scare them away. Um, like, maybe stay away or something. And then the kid... And when she said free as well. Yeah. The same thing. Like, the kid just turned up like, around to the dad at the, t- the pizza place, he was like, she wants you to stay. Like, she said it. Yeah. And that just went really settled in. And like you said of the word free, when she said that, I was thinking, shit. And it all sort of came together in my head. I was like, fuck. Wow, it's a good film. Like, I, f- I feel like it, there's a lot more going on. I'm probably going to watch it again, to be honest. So I feel like there's a lot more going on than first glance sort of lets you in on. Yeah. A lot more yeah. in the background. Now you've already watched it once, you can probably pick up more. Yeah. Mm. No, it's definitely definitely worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch as well. Shall I say the question? Yeah, for sure. Okay, okay. Uh, no, I'll keep it up in it. It's a keep. Cool, cool. Uh, Marcus, you keep know, it up in it. I was trying to weigh up against the best film ever made, Hellraiser 2, but I thought this one's pretty good, so it's uh it's an unbinnable. Oh, so, nice! Wow. Yeah, I I really, really? like the film. I can't I can't find faults of it. Uh, yeah. That's why I was considered to be a true unbinnable. But what can we find that's faulty with it? We take um, the first one I think so. No, we had one last week, didn't we? I don't have. Oh one. no, you didn't watch any of the films last week. <laughs> Cheers. <For> the special. <laughs> <laughs> Forget I said that. <laughs> I mean, no, I didn't. It's the Soho uh, Soho Horror Film Festival, for anyone wondering. Not just the podcast episode. I didn't just wing it. <laughs> cool. You um, I'll keep it. I'll keep it. It's a nice little movie. Um, it's a quiet one. It's not too long. If it's any longer, then it probably would be a bin, because it would probably maybe ruin some of the subtleness of it. If you get what I mean. But, no, I'll keep it. I'll keep it. And there you go. That's this week's ones done and dusted. But next week, or next episode, sorry, it could be a bit of a special episode because for the first time, this podcast is getting guests. Good damn it! <laughs> Fingers oh, those crossed. I know <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is all sort. It's all set in stone now, guys. I've got the two movies they picked as well. So um, yeah, I don't know how we managed to kind of <laughs> do this, but. <laughs> we probably won't do it again. No, first episode. Tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, you'll know by that if the episode's actually aired or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, in the first episode that we did for the podcast, we did the amazing film Summer of '84. 
we are very lucky, guys, to be getting um, the writers and the producer of the movie. Uh, got Matt Leslie is the producer and the co-writer, and his co-writing partner Stephen J. Smith as well. Um, and Stephen J. Smith is the one who wrote the amazing monologue at the end. So it'd be really good to get to get their uh, pick their brains and and bit the movie and. They're going to be standing along to actually talk movies with us, and it's actually their choices. We actually let them choose for a change. So our hands are tied. They could be shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm just thankful. I'm just thankful <laughs> that these guys took part in a film that we actually liked. Yeah, true. We've we've shat over a lot of films, and uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the list of films we liked wasn't actually that long. So. <laughs> so. Uh... Well, let's see if they pick two movies we're going to like or not. <laughs> We've got to be honest. By the way, in two weeks' time, Barty's we're having Potter. Clive Barker on. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> that would be lovely. That would be an amazing episode. Um, anyway, you, <laughs> I you bought a list with me, Clive. <laughs> Horrible to it. <laughs> Here's the 20 ways that you can improve how race. Not so the make second, it. So the second film, Sorry. the one that was amazing, a masterpiece, what went wrong with the first one? That's what my question would be. Everything. Everything went wrong with the first one. He truly learned from his uh, mistakes. Yeah, he stopped making films. <laughs> yeah, after like the 10th one. <laughs> of <Okay>. Hellraisers. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> the two movies we're going to be doing in the next episode is Satan's Slaves and Devil's Candy. Yeah. So we're going to be, so um, he's actually said it himself, I've been dumped him out on uh, Twitter. It's a devil theme next week. Ooh. All about the devil. devil. So, um, yeah. Devil week next week with Matt Leslie and Stephen J. Smith. And, uh, yeah. We look forward to having that one. That's going to be an interesting episode. And as always, thank you for joining us here on the Snake Bite Horrorcast. I have been your host, Mike Goddard, and you can catch us over on Twitter. You can catch me over on Twitter on Snake Bite Horror. You can catch us on Letterboxd at Snake Bite Vault. And you can see all the update, all the recent and new reviews over at snakebitehorror.co.uk uh, from me and Russ. And uh, again, thank you for, for listening. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Niall. Peace out. And as always, goodbye from Niall. Toodaloodles. <laughs> <laughs>